honestly, I think all of this remote work is forcing people to open their eyes a little bit more to those opportunities out there to use the technology that's available. From Ray and Associates Studio, this is Unsuitable, a management and financial services podcast for entrepreneurs, tenured business leaders, and others who are ready to look beyond the suit and tie culture for meaningful, measurable results. I'm Doug Hauser. On this weekly podcast, thought leaders and business professionals break down complicated and mundane topics and give you the tips and insight you actually need to grow as a leader while helping your organization to grow and thrive. If you haven't already, hit the subscribe button so you don't miss future episodes. And if you want access to even more information, show notes, and exclusive content, visit our website at www.racecpa.com slash podcast and sign up for updates. Having a strong foundation is required in anything you build, and that is no different when you are working to create a better business. Today, Scott Bechtel, principal at Ray & Associates, is here to give insight on the construction industry what he sees in the future, and how you can create a strong foundation for your business by choosing the right advisor. Welcome to Unsuitable, Scott. Thanks, Doug. Great to have you on. Uh, We've known each other for for a a number of years, but now that you're uh, a part of Rain Associates and and are certainly our, our tax expert on the construction side, it's great to have you on the podcast from a personal standpoint. Great to be on here. I'm a big fan of podcasts and have also been a, uh, I, I think it's safe to say I've been a subscriber for a few years myself on, on Unsuitable. So Uh-oh. it's an honor to be on here. Yeah, that's that's scary. I didn't, yeah. I, that, that's a lot of pressure. I'm glad I didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, obviously strange times as, as we're in this, you know, in the midst of this COVID thing, we seem to have sort of, I won't say settled in, but in many ways we have, we've adapted uh, in the in the construction industry, right? Most of our, our clients and prospects have, you know, it's not going to go away soon. It doesn't appear so. So we're we're in this for a while. What what have you seen clients you've worked with? What have you seen them do that's been successful over the last six months? Yeah. So I I think as you mentioned, um, everyone has had to adapt and, and move forward with the the current situation and consideration. So I think early on, a lot of it was the market was busy and, and, and they had jobs to manage. So there were a lot of considerations from the labor standpoint of how, how to uh, develop the policies and procedures to, to meet the guidelines. And I think from the standpoint of both out in the field, um, but also in the office and maybe with some remote workers and so forth. So much like any other industry had to adapt to that. But then I think also with the high um, labor costs and so forth in construction, there were a lot of considerations around the uh, PPP loans and getting those in place. So now there's still a lot of consideration about on, on the back end, on the forgiveness side and what that all means as we're moving through that process now. So, but I think, as mentioned with with the market being so busy wasn't there wasn't a whole lot of time to just pause it was more like okay how do we adapt and keep moving forward yeah you had to evolve quickly while there were a few uh, projects that that got delayed most uh, you know picked up 
very quickly if they were stopped at all. Obviously, construction was deemed an essential activity. So, you know, but you lose efficiency, right? right? With some of the the PPE, uh, all this equipment stuff, and how, how you know that that's tough for for construction companies to deal with when they're they turn around and go to the the project owners, things like that. So there's a lot more thought and planning that has to go into this, right? Have you have you seen a lot of those considerations uh, taking place? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's always been a, I mean, I guess previously considerations more from like weather related type thing or something like that. This was kind of just the next thing up and, and needed to be addressed in, in the most efficient way uh, possible and move forward um, so that everybody could be successful and the project still continue to move forward. Yeah. Schedule. Yeah, for sure. Well, your your background, obviously, more more on the the tax side and and dealing with uh, tax issues and planning. I mean, this is a certainly a tax environment unlike anything we've ever seen with with the changes that that came into the fore a couple of years ago. Obviously, we can't necessarily predict the future, but what are some of the things that uh, construction clients should be focused on as we get? towards year end here and, and thinking about planning and, and all of that? So I, I think just honestly, just continuing to monitor, um, obviously with the upcoming election, uh, we will be heavily focused on that and what that may mean to the legislation from a couple years ago. And if that might mean further extension of, of the current rules or, reversal of some of the current rules. I think one of the things, even though the the construction industry has been very busy and and still profitable, one of the things I think that's important is under the CARES Act, there were some changes with the net operating loss opportunity to carry losses back. Mm. That was something that went away with, with the tax legislation a couple years ago. And Honestly, when you look back to the downturn in 08 through like 010 or through 10, there were a lot of NOL carrybacks that provided cash to the contractors so they could continue to have some cash flow and move forward. So when times were great, that wasn't really a concern, but I think there might be some now with some challenges that there might be some losses generated. And then also with all of the accelerated depreciation that is available, there can also be losses generated through that that would allow you to carry back uh, to previous years and, and get some cash flow from that. Yeah, I know we've had a few clients where they've had, you know, just massive capital expenditures the last couple of years and and in taking that bonus depreciation uh, could throw them into a tax NOL. And, and as you said, now you can carry that back and, and uh, perhaps recapture some some funds that way. It's worth it to certainly sit down and with uh, an expert like yourself and take a look and, and try to figure out where, where you can take advantage. And certainly, you know, capital gains, we can talk about all those things too, right? I mean, they're, I don't think anybody thinks tax rates are going down any further anytime soon. Right. <laughs> so, Absolutely. so there may be a case, right, to be made that you might want to accelerate as much income as you can to, you know, say current period rather than deferring as, as we've right. have in the past. Kind of the reverse of what we've always advised. Right. <laughs> yeah. But, but again, it's uh, I think 
the 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 sage advice right is try to be flexible and and maintain some flexibility as you as you think right. through that so as we get back to you know the the construction segment uh as a whole you and i are involved in we continue to see some m a activity uh in the industry and and things like that can you talk about you know trends you've seen over the last couple of years uh, where where you see things like that headed uh in the future yeah, I think M&A activity, and honestly, I think a lot of that is stemming from succession planning or in some situations, lack of succession planning in companies getting to a point that that the owners are looking to get out and, and do not have that plan. So, I mean, I think we always advise to, to start that plan well in advance and, and look at the different options, um, whether that be a transaction with um, family members or um, current employees or even um, more complicated things like ESOP, some of those type of, of opportunities, kind of seeing those ahead of time. But I, I think just with, with the um, current environment of so many business owners nearing that retirement age and honestly, probably some of the stress that things like COVID have brought on and, and so forth, people are like, okay, I've had enough and looking for what, what's the next step. So right. I think that's creating opportunities for those growing uh, companies that may be looking to acquire other um, activity as well. Yeah. I, I, we, we certainly continue to see it quite active and, and you're right. I think about the conversations that, that I have um, was just talking with a, an excavator here this past week. He's done, you know, very well, had a great run for certainly the last 10, 15 years. And, you know, he's uh, the, the principal involved is in his early sixties and you know what, he, he doesn't want to work 60 hours a week anymore. And right. yet he doesn't really have family's not an option. So, he, you know, doesn't have that kind of next level to, transition to so you know we've started to try to help him think through those things how do you take some risk off the table you know how do you do that it, to your point you've got to start a couple of years ahead right it's not something that you execute in a couple of months right uh, to to do that so well scott talk about how you've seen the particularly the tax side uh change and progress from a technology perspective in, in your career? I mean, you've, you've been around a little bit, no, you've got some gray hair, no, you know, no offense as, as do I, but uh, so what, what have you really seen from a technology perspective? How's it impacted what you do the last uh, say five to 10 years? So I, I would say there's definitely been a shift of continuing to um, whether it be acquire the information from, from our clients and, and other sources uh, electronically versus getting anything in, in print or uh, so forth. So the, the use of client portals um, to transfer information um, also has uh, allowed accounting firms to work on the assurance work, the audits and reviews, and, and the tax team to start working on that even at the, at the same time, where in the past, a lot of times you would have to wait till everything was nailed down and before you could really get started on the tax side. Um, but I think there's a lot of opportunity now where 
where on the companies we can actually get started while the, the assurance team is out in the field. So that helps with some turnaround and efficiencies there. And honestly, then helps with communication with our team of, hey, we noticed this, and maybe asking some of those questions right then live when they're out there versus following up later. Yeah. Um, I, I think also on the tax side, especially on the individual side, there's the opportunity for using uh, technology to scan information directly into our tax software and work more as a reviewer or advisor from the beginning versus somebody just punching in the information and the end of the return. So it's kind of been a shift with our, our employees as well of looking to look for opportunities and, and things to dive into a little deeper versus just getting the information in. Yeah. Um, move beyond, and then on the move, back move end, beyond that so, compliance piece, right? Or it's, right. Yeah. Right. And then on the back end, using some of the technologies to get returns out the door, whether it be e-filing or, or e-signatures from clients and so forth. So that's been a gradual um, change. They continue to improve it. Some of the documents weren't allowed to be e-signed uh, according to the IRS, but they've released some some guidelines now that that are they're kind of opening that up. And honestly, I think all of this remote work is forcing people to open their eyes a little bit more to those opportunities out there to use the technology that's available. Yeah, for sure. It's accelerated uh, some of these things, no, no doubt. Right. You know, and you, and you talked a little bit, there's still so many unknowns. We've got the PPP thing, which right now uh, obviously is, is a quote unquote, a tax neutral situation where from a federal tax standpoint, that forgiven loan amount is not taxable income. However, the related expenses are not deductible. Now that uh, isn't uh, what most folks expected or necessarily wanted to hear with it, but you know who knows if that'll change. But you've got planning issues around that, right? Because all of a sudden right. now there's a potential tax bill there. Right. Um, other things floating around out there we've heard, and and I don't know. We talked about this a little bit late last week. Is the forgiven loan amount subject to the cat tax in Ohio? Right. Right. I mean, you wouldn't think so, but. Who knows? It's uh, right. Uh, all the governments are short of revenue. It might be a, a, a cash grab. So right, and I think that's one of the things that you mentioned in the construction industry and the tax considerations. State and local has always been a very big piece of that. Um, with contractors working in, in multiple states, and then obviously in Ohio, all of the city tax considerations. So that's where work together with our state and local team here to make sure those things are covered and, and addressed for, for our clients. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, it brings to mind, you and I have long been involved in a number of the industry groups uh, in, in central Ohio. And I, I know that's one thing I've always enjoyed about the construction industry is that camaraderie with all the, the different professionals. Talk about from your perspective, what you've learned over the years being involved in, uh, you know, a number of those groups and, and, and all of that. I, th I think that the thing that jumps right out is just relationships and, and um, knowing the players and building those relationships. I think from a service provider standpoint, it, you have to, to really build 
the, the relationship so that they trust you as a, an advisor and, and so forth. I think there's a lot of very loyal people in the contracting world that as we are, if they're not working with us, that like they, they, they don't know maybe what all is out there and they've been very loyal with the firm that they've been with for years and years. And, and, and I think that's where you just continue to, to stay in touch and build those relationships and, and help where you can. And, and maybe someday you work with them and other, others you may never work with, but, but knowing the, the people involved, I think there's a lot of interactions between the contractors that even just knowing the players um, is a big deal. And I, I think uh, obviously what has jumped out to me just since joining Ray is there are a lot of people that I have known over the years that I've not necessarily worked directly with, but now those relationships and, and knowing them through those years, I'm joining the team and, and feel like I don't have that learning curve of learning some of the companies and, and so forth. So um, I think it all goes to relationship. I think that's on the contractor side, that's important to their business with, with the, um, the owners that they're working with or when it's subs working with, with the GCs and so forth. It's all about the, the relationships that they've built over the years and, and it carries it out to the other areas of, of the industry as well. Yeah, there's, there's certainly a large element of trust together because the industry uh, is so intertwined, as you said, sub, right. subs working with GCs or other subs on same projects. So you become close knit. Uh, and right. I think we, we have over the years too, whether even uh, competitors, I certainly have a great deal of respect for the, the other folks that uh, do what we do that pay attention to the industry and, and uh, you know, try to, try to do our best to make the whole, whole ocean rise. As they say, it lifts all, lifts all boats. So right. great, great thing to keep in mind. So, well, Scott, what, if you had one, one piece of advice that you see, you know, where, where do you see the industry, uh, the construction segment in, in 21? We've had obviously stayed on a good run here in, in 20, hard to say, but what, what are your thoughts as we look forward to uh, 2021? So I think obviously keeping an eye on the election and what that may or may not do to the, to the economy itself. Um, but I think here in Ohio, I know specifically in central Ohio, there are a lot of very large projects that, that are coming down um, the pike that, that, will keep a lot of people um, busy in Columbus. I know some of them may be larger and, and be um, being handled by some of the large non-Central Ohio contractors, but it's still providing opportunities to some of the subs and, and some of those. Um, so I think in looking at that, it, it looks pretty strong. I mean, there are some articles that I've seen recently talking about the um, starts are down a little bit and, and kind of projecting that out. And if funding goes away, if, if some sectors continue to, to be challenged with, with COVID and so forth. But overall, it, it seems to me like it's, it's still clipping along pretty well. I think the other interesting thing is what the impact of all of the remote working that everybody is doing will have on real estate 
and in turn construction. I mean, it, if if everybody starts working from home, well, what's going to happen with all of the office buildings and <laughs> office renovations and and some of that type of thing? So I think that's an interesting area as well that that may not be right away and may not even impact 2021, but could impact things going forward. Yeah. One of the things I think that's, that's great, great uh, uh, wisdom there. One of the things I've learned is uh, commercial real estate and construction, boy, they, they adapt quickly. So you see certainly the, the segments that uh, maybe didn't have quite as high a a sentiment or outlook six months ago, certainly do now, you know, industrial warehouse, uh, you know, different things like that continues obviously to be a lot of data centers, uh, you know, the big $1.8 billion uh, Wexner healthcare facility at OSU. So different, right. different segments, as you said, farewell. But then you look at maybe hospitality and office, uh, you know. So um, renovate, update, evolve, right? That's right. That's the way of the world. But uh, right. well, great to have you uh, as part of the team now, Scott. And um Look forward to to getting out on the golf course uh, here again sometime soon. I think we had uh, uh, a draw last time we were out, right? We neither of us. Yeah, it was a grind to get it back to even on the 18th. Yeah, a big, big. I think it was a draw. Big four dollar hole on the on the last <laughs> hole. So major dollars there. So that was fun. Well, thanks for uh, thanks for joining us uh, today. And and uh, if you want more business tips and insight, or to hear previous episodes of Unsuitable visit our podcast page at www.racecpa.com slash podcast. And while you're there, sign up for exclusive content and show notes. Thanks for listening to this week's show. Be sure to subscribe to Unsuitable on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you're listening to us right now, including YouTube. I'm Doug Hauser. Join us next week for another Unsuitable interview from an industry profession. The views expressed on Unsuitable on Ray Radio are our own and do not necessarily reflect the views of Ray and Associates. The podcast is for informational and educational purposes only and is not intended to replace the professional advice you would receive elsewhere. Consult with a trusted advisor about your unique situation so they can expertly guide you to the best solution for your specific circumstance. 